today, as we close, we're going to look at the last two uh, ways in which God brings his guidance into our lives, uh, and that would be his indication of times and seasons in our lives. Times and seasons can be an indicator from God to move uh, the way he is leading us. Uh, and the second way in which God leads us that I'm going to cover this morning is circumstances. The way God orchestrates things in our lives. Now that too can give us a direction and let us know what God uh, is wanting us to do. Now, uh, although we have this entire list of, of ways in which God ministers to us, uh, we just want to, um, you know, uh, we just want to uh, make this very clear that the main or the direct ways that God uses would be his word, the inner witness, and the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, when we receive a confirmation in these ways, uh, we can be absolutely confident that God has spoken and we can, you know, uh, go forward. And, and uh, most definitely, God is a God who reconfirms his word to us. Uh, and having said that, you know, uh, we also want to say that the rest of the ways in which God brings a confirmation into our lives, you know, uh, they are valid as well. But they must be validated in light of the first three that I mentioned, which would be the word of God uh, and the work of the Holy Spirit. No, we can't uh, just act because, you know, we had a dream and then we jump and go do something. And particularly big decisions in our lives. You, know, you can't go by, we're calling it the secondary list. So we've got to validate it and we've got to ensure uh, that, you know, it's in line with God's word. And that's when we go ahead uh, and move in that. That direction. And today, uh, we, we're going to look at times and seasons and, and how God uses that to speak to us. Uh, I'll read for us from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And verse 11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. And even in the book of Daniel, Daniel 2.21, God's word says, and he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. So this is a way in which God works. When we look at nature around us, after the sweltering heat, the monsoons, praise God. God changes the seasons. God changes the seasons of nature, but even in our lives, you know, there are appointed times and seasons, and that's how God works. Now, when we think of God, God is a God of plan. He's a God of design. He orchestrates things. He doesn't do anything randomly. He doesn't do things arbitrarily. But he has a plan in his mind and in his heart. And he releases that into our lives at the appointed time. The appointed time. In the Greek, it's called kairos. The kairos moment is when God moves now, we also need to understand that times and seasons, uh, time is a frame of reference for us. Now, when we consider our lives here on earth, we have a past, we're living in the present, and we're planning for the future. But God is outside our realm. God is outside, you know, he, he's in, the, in, the, uh, in his kingdom and in the spiritual realm. And God is outside of time as well. So for God, there's no beginning. There's no end. God is a God who's always a now God. How do we know that? When Moses asked God to uh, reveal him in the desert, God revealed himself and said, go and tell Pharaoh, I am has instructed you. God is always in the eternal now. 
and God works in the eternal now. But when what he's doing is released into our world, in our lives, you know, we refer to that as the appointed time in our lives, the kairos moment of God in our lives. And so God works through the Kairos moment. And very many examples in scripture. Uh, the most important one is that in Genesis 3.15, uh, in the garden, God spoke uh, and he said that he would send the seed of the woman to crush the serpent. And he was referring to Jesus Christ. But it wasn't until 4,000 years that Jesus came. And so there was a passage of time which we refer to as chronos. The passage of time here on earth in the lives of the people, generations, uh, uh, you know, generations moved. And, and then finally, we read in Galatians 4.4 that in the fullness of time, Jesus Christ was manifest. So God works in the fullness of the passing time, or God works in the fullness of Kronos. And that is what we are calling Kairos. Think about God's promise to Abraham. God told him, 400 years, your descendants will be slaves of the Egyptians. And exactly the way he promised Moses, what happened? You know, God uh, prepared this scene and 400 years later, Moses was born. Now Moses was going to lead the people uh, out of Egypt. And then we know the rest of what happened. So God worked at the appointed time, which was 400 years after he had already promised Abraham. So in our lives, one of the things that, that we have to grow in uh, is to understand the moments of God, the now moments of God, when God... God, when is your now moment for this or that or something else? But that's a discernment that we've got to grow in. And when we develop that, we're able to tell what God is doing uh, in our lives. And the Bible also uh, tells us that there, were, there was a category of people. There were the sons of Issachar uh, in 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32. Something special about this, this group of people is that they had the understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were at their command. So 1 Chronicles 12.32 gives us a reference of these people. What do we learn from the sons of Issachar? Discerning times and seasons, knowing even in our lives, you know, they knew the times uh, of Israel, but at least in our lives, we've got to know what God is up to and when his Kairos moments uh, would be coming to us. Let me read for us another scripture. Uh, this is Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. He who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful and a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment because for every matter there is a time and judgment though the misery of man increases greatly. So we've already established that God works in the appointed time and which is the Kairos moment and for the Kairos moment to arrive uh, there is a Kronos that has to, to, uh, to pass and we've established that as God's people uh, we have to grow in our discernment and our understanding of times and seasons. Now here's the next point that we want to make and, and that is understanding the times is one thing but judgment is another thing. We have to be wise uh, in acting in the given time. Uh, what do we mean by that? Yes, it, it's, it's okay to know what God wants us to do, but uh, it's also important to know when God wants us to do it. Now, just take for example, uh, I'm giving you, uh, I don't know if you know such a, such a scenario exists, but uh, just for us to understand. You know, if there's, if there's a young boy who is uh, in 12th standard, or you could say, Okay, let's, let's say 12th standard, okay? Uh, and this young, young lad falls in love, right? And he goes home and he tells his parents, Ma, I know, 
that I know, okay, this is the one, okay? So then the parents say, okay, what next? What would you want us to do about this? And he says, I want to get married. So how, how would all of us process what's happening? You know, this very easily, uh, his parents would tell him, look, it's all, it's all fine, you know, we can figure this out, but you're in 12th standard. Now you still have your board exams, and why don't you complete that and, you know, be clear about what career you're choosing. So there, there are many things to do before you get married. Now marriage is a great thing, it's a good thing, but the timing that this boy has chosen is most definitely wrong. And that's what we're trying to say. You know, one is to assess what God would want us to do. But then again, you know, we've got to know uh, the right time to do the right thing. Even if we do the right thing at the wrong time, you know, that will only cause trouble for us. And so uh, know the Kairos moment. Have wisdom about the Kairos moment. Uh, and the Kairos moment will, will, will give us an understanding of where God is leading us. And, you know, I know young people, many of us learn uh, driving quite early, okay? Uh, and then we want our parents to give us, oh, give me the car, I can drive. But parents are saying, hey, no, no. When's the, then when's, when are you going to give it to me? The Kairos moment, you know, when you turn 16 and the government gives you a license, you know, that's the Kairos moment. So there are good things that God wants us to do. And uh, he may speak well ahead in time and let us know, but we've got to go along with God's timing, God's appointed time, and move in that time, that's when uh, our actions are most effective. Why would God do this? Why does God tell us beforehand that this, these are the things that I'm gonna do in your life, this is what I'm gonna do in the city, this is what I'm gonna do in the nation. Why does God do this? One simple understanding is because God allows time for preparation. Think about Paul. You know, Acts chapter 9, uh, on the road to Damascus, Paul has a, a dramatic encounter with Jesus and the destiny of his life is spoken to him in those very moments. God tells him, look, Paul, this is why I called you. You have to take the gospel to the Gentiles. But 17 years of his life passed by without, you know, publicly recognized ministry. And it was only after 17 years, many scholars call these 17 years uh, as the silent years of Paul. What was God doing? God was waiting for the appointed time, right? The Kairos moment. And that's when Paul began to preach publicly. God uses Kronos for our preparation. And some of us in our lives, we too probably already know what God wants us to do. But then we're wondering, God, why is it taking so long? Just stay on course. Do everything you know to do. If there's uh, someone who's applying, someone who already knows that they have to launch a certain business, it's wise to keep pursuing it. It's wise to develop the skills. It's wise to get contacts. It's, it's wise to grow, grow your network. You know, it's wise to keep growing uh, uh, until such time when God would really want to launch you out. And then, you know, you, you can launch out and, and get into that business. So give time for the Kronos moments of life. Uh, and then God would bring in the Kairos. I just want to share one um, testimony uh, and this is to highlight the next point that I want to make. When we talk about Kronos and Kairos, uh, we're also saying that sometimes for God, sometimes what God does is that he, he orchestrates a circumstance such that we are clear that God is really moving in our lives uh, and that he wants us to take a leap. So uh, as 
someone, uh, as, as a young uh, child, I received the Lord Jesus. And somewhere in the depth of my heart, I knew that I will be serving God. Now, it's another thing that uh, there was not much clarity about how I will be serving God. But I knew I would be serving God and different prophetic words and things like that. Uh, but uh, until much later in my life, you know, nothing, nothing was happening. I was just doing whatever I knew to do. Uh, if it was just teaching Bible studies or, or, or you know, uh, uh, doing a life group. So I, I was doing life group uh, here at APC, you know, doing all these things. Uh, and I remember, I remember one prophetic word that, that came uh, during uh, one of our fasting and prayer times. Uh, those days at the APC Bible College in the evenings, we had meetings uh, for uh, uh, 40 days. Uh, and at the end of those 40 days, there was a prophetic word. I think it was Pastor Ashish, and he released that prophetic word as well. Uh, and he said, you know, God is giving you the ministry of the word. And it was really hard for me to believe. Because as a life group leader, I don't know how the life group leaders uh, uh, prepare, but for me, it was pretty hard to prepare for the sessions. Uh, and, you know, I, I'd just be like, God, I understand all this for myself, but it's very difficult for me to communicate your word. Right? Uh, and so that was what I had in my heart. And when, when that prophetic word came, uh, somehow God was clarifying you know, how he would direct me in the ministry. But then, you know, it, it took a couple of years again. And so I had to wait for those moments in life when God chose to fulfill what he had spoken. God had spoken way earlier. But the doors opened many, many years later. As long as we keep doing what God has called us to do, and we, we, we don't give up in the chronos, you know, the kairos will come. And whatever it is that God has promised us, you know, if God is calling us to full-time ministry, he will clarify it, and the doors will open at the right time, uh, and, and we can step into it. Or in your business, you know, as an entrepreneur, want to launch something, there's a right time to do it. And just trust God uh, to bring, bring those moments uh, and orchestrate things uh, for you. Jesus is a classic example of someone who was in tune with God's timing. Jesus uh, was, was so one with the Father even his first ministry opportunity, when uh, there was no wine, when they were running out of wine at a wedding, uh, Jesus' mother, Mary, goes to Jesus and, and says, uh, they're running out of wine, why don't you do something? And Jesus tells her, no, woman, my time has not yet come. He was very aware of what he needed to do and when he should do it. When he was called to Jerusalem, to go to Jerusalem, even then, he told his disciples, he said, look, you go. It's not my time to go up to Jerusalem now. And then again and again, you would find Jesus say this, the time has not yet come, or the time has come. And that is why I'm telling you, no, the time has come for me to go. Jesus had a tab on God's now moments. And he acted in those moments. When we can grasp that and act at God's appointed time, we will be fruitful and, and most effective. And so times and seasons are a great indicator of what God is up to and gives us his guidance. Always ask, is this the right time to do things? And the next part of what I want to share with us this morning is circumstances. You know, the way God orchestrates circumstances in our lives. Circumstances also convey to us that God is wanting us to move in a particular way. But we already, as we already established earlier, this is a secondary way in which God works. So even if we know through circumstances what God wants to do in our lives, it's good to validate it with the word, uh, you know, and then act on it. Second Chronicles 16, verse 9. 
For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Now these scriptures are telling us that God is God. We talked about times and seasons and, and the right time. At the right time, God shows himself powerful on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. Those who have been trusting in him and who, who have their faith in God. God shows his power in their lives. How does he do this? God opens doors. Now God grants divine favor. God grants access to people and resources which otherwise we would never have. And in this manner, you know, God acts in his people's lives. And whenever he is working in this way, you know, we have an indicator that God is wanting us uh, to receive that as his guidance. And the thing about God is he can do it because he's God. Nobody can stop him when he wants to open doors for us. Job chapter 42 and verse 2, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. Revelation 3, 7 affirms the same word and, and it says, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. So God guides us through his power. He opens doors and he shuts doors. And when God is working in this way in our lives, you know, with, of course, the confirmation of the word, we can identify the exact open door that we must walk through. Take for example, someone who has completed uh, their graduation and applied for jobs. Uh, though they've applied for several jobs, they get only one offer. No other offers, only one offer. And then the person's like, God, if I had a choice, it would be better because I can pick what I want. But God is granting only one open door. And many times when God does something like this, it means that God wants us to take that one open door. Unless, you know, he indicates to us in some other way. You know, maybe you have a dream. Hey, don't take this job. Then don't take it. But if only one door opens, it's God's way of saying, this is the way walk in it. What are the open doors in our lives right now? What are the opportunities around us right now? Are there needs that we have answers to? Just think about it. What are the circumstances? How is God showing me that I can walk through and make a difference? If there are just these open doors before us, Maybe what God is saying is, I am leading you in this way. Go ahead and take it. Now talking about open doors and shut doors, you know, we have to uh, make some clarifications now. There are many reasons why doors can be shut. Okay? We've, we've already looked at the fact that one way in which God leads is by opening the door. But you see, God can also lead us by shutting doors. Alright? Now to understand how God is working, here are a couple of things. When the door is shut, okay, we can ask these questions. Why is the door shut? If we get, if we get a clarity that it's God who's doing it, that's fine. You know, we, we, we know what God is up to. But there can be other reasons why doors are shut in our lives. And the main reason 
Why doors are shut are because of our enemy, the devil. Okay, he loves to oppose God's people. So uh, uh, we cannot just always take a closed door uh, as God's answer and say, you know, God is, is telling me not to go in that direction. We have to evaluate. And when we know that it's because of the working of the devil, it's an opposition from the enemy. You know, we've got to keep pushing past that. You know, there are storms uh, in our, in our uh, path with God. There are storms uh, even along the way that God is leading us in. Why do these storms come? It's not because God is creating these storms. It's not because God is stopping us. But Satan is the one who brings these storms our way. And so some shut doors have to be discerned that they are not from God. There are storms which are not part of God's plan. And there are mountains that try to stop us which are also not from God. And it's not just the devil who tries to stop us. We can have closed doors because of what other people have done. You know, the life of Joseph is a great example. You know, he didn't do anything but his brothers sold him to a foreign country, and he became a slave. So because of what others have done, we might find that we are, are, are facing closed doors. But we need the ability to discern that, hey, this closed door is not here because God wanted to obstruct me. But this closed door is here so that I can continue to put all the energy I have, you know, to go against it, to rebuke the storm, to speak to the mountain and have it out of my way. And unfortunately, sometimes we encounter closed doors because of our mistakes, the things we have uh, chosen, uh, things that we've, we've, you know, run ahead of God into. And, and we're wondering, God, why isn't it working? And that's because, you know, we've done things in our own way, and we've not done things according to God's purpose and his will in our lives. So discern the closed doors. God is leading us through the closed doors, uh, but there are closed doors uh, which come our way due to various other reasons. So what do we do when we have a closed door in front of us and we are clear that this closed door is not here because God put it. You know, there, there are, there are uh, uh, many things we can do. We can pray. Uh, uh, we, we can ask God for discernment again and take steps, you know, actions as, as to, uh, to see how, you know, God would want us to break through those doors. So we, we've got to keep pushing. We've got to keep uh, going against this resistance. And, and Matthew 7, one of the things that Jesus taught us is to pray. Now he said, ask. Okay, you ask and you will receive. You seek and you will find. You knock and the door will be open to you. So uh, God is looking at us. You know, God is waiting for us to do something uh, for these closed doors to be open. So put every effort till the door is open. One great example of a closed door uh, is during the birth of Jesus. Mary and Jesus, uh, they, at the time of the census, you know, they, they uh, went and, and they found, a, they tried to find a place for themselves. Uh, and we read that there was no place in the inn. Everywhere they went, no room, no room. Could they have thought, hey, I think, you know, God's changed his mind. He's, God is planning to send uh, his son. God is planning to send the king of kings. He has a divine plan that he wants us to fulfill. But here is God shutting every door on us. So what do we do? You know, maybe it's not the son of God. But they could have thought in that manner. But they kept trying till the manger opened up to them. And it was in the manger that the Christ child was born in the most unusual of places. And what is God doing in our lives? And sometimes the shut doors that we encounter are there 
Because God is trying to redirect us. God is trying to do something unusual in our lives. He's trying to lead us to an open door. Somewhere else. Something that we never thought of earlier. But when we are open, we will discover what God is doing. So just because the doors are shut, it doesn't mean that God is saying no. A shut door is not always a no from God. And not every delay is a denial. We talked about Joseph, you know, the way uh, Joseph was sold by his brothers. And something unique about Joseph is that as a little boy, he knew the destiny that God had planned for him. God gave him dreams. He revealed it to his brothers and he told his brothers that, you know, one day, this is the kind of exaltation that I will have. But in the immediate future, that was not to be. And Joseph was sold. Joseph lived as a slave and he was also put in the prison. But in the Psalms, we read, Psalms 105 and verse 19, the last part of that passage, it says, the word of the Lord tested him. So Joseph went through so many things until the Kairos moment arrived. The appointed time came uh, and the tables turned. You know, he went from being a prisoner to, to someone in authority. And then we know the rest of what happened. The day did come when he was serving his brothers from his position in Egypt. And God fulfilled the promise that he gave Joseph. If Joseph were to give up and say, hey, this is not going to happen. I think God has forgotten, right? It's taking too long. God, what is happening? Why are things not being fulfilled as you spoke? If he were to have that, that attitude, God would not have been in a position to fulfill the purpose of God in his life. But Joseph made way. He trusted God. He trusted God in the trials. He trusted God in the waiting. And sure enough, God exerted his power. God shows himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. And so not every delay is a denial. And for us to, to understand that, once again, just pray, wait on the Lord and ask him, God, what are you saying? Am I supposed to give up? It's, it's just getting hard. And, and what do you want me to do? And God will give us the clarity and tell us, hey, it's not, my word will be fulfilled in your life. A delay is not a denial from me. So hang in there. Don't quit. Keep moving. And I will bring things to fulfillment in your life. So this morning, we just want to encourage us to identify the times and seasons and move uh, in the correct seasons and to look at the circumstances around us. Know with the confirmation of God's word or, or in, you know, in other direct ways uh, as God confirms that this is what God wants us to do and receive his guidance. Uh, now, I just want to share with us a couple of Ways in which God has orchestrated things in the life of APC. Uh, there are many testimonies, but uh, I'm just going to read a couple of them. Just to see how God provided the right people, the right information, and the right opportunities. A and then suddenly a, a ministry was birthed. So in 2002, uh, somewhere around May, June, uh, Dr. Ranjit Peter who visited Bangalore, uh, acquaintance of Pastor Ashish, uh, he simply proposed to him that, you know, Mangalore, in Mangalore, there's a place called Daralakatta where 
there are many students so why don't you why don't you look at that place and so in 2002 uh, a very small team four member team went to mangalore uh, they they scouted the place uh, and they found a cinema hall and in that cinema hall you know they had this idea this is the place where all the students are why don't we do something when when uh, if if we can have a fellowship running here it'll be easy for the students to access so they came up with this idea georgie sam uh, one of the team members he did a one man concert okay and they invited students and in an amazing way i don't know exactly how many people just tell us 20 people yeah so 20 people showed up at the concert that day and that's how apc mangalore began right so the circumstance is information from someone it's just a piece of information that comes from somebody and you realize hey we've identified a need what do we do about it and today apc mangalore is one of our outreach locations it's been running for years and about 60 to 65 people get together there to worship god and 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 it's growing and thriving but that's how god began this work in apc mangalore the apc nepali church once again the way god orchestrated this is that a, a group of 10 nepali people approached pastor and all they wanted was can you do a bible study can you do uh, a, a, a you know something that can equip us something that can enrich us during the weeks and that's how the nepali fellowship began and you know uh, i think it was last year it grew so well and they came to a place where now they they can run independently so now they run independently but that's how the nepali ministry came to be and there are several such testimonies where god has brought in someone god has uh, provided some information or god has has moved things in such a way uh, you know that that when when we get a hold of what god is trying to birth and we start moving in that direction uh, a ministry begins to emerge out of it and the same is true for the catalyst ministry in 2008 when there was no plan as such to have uh, classes in in schools and colleges but that's the time when pastor selina interviewed with apc and she was the right person at the right time uh, when the request had come from one of the institutions ryan international school uh, and the catalyst ministry began so uh, what are we trying to say we're trying to say that when we are sensitive to the things that god is doing in our lives even the circumstances and we can pick up the intent of god you really never know what god can birth through our obedience right so these are examples from apc and you know uh, some, our pastors here are also sharing our testimonies uh, but we encourage us to have our own journey with god and our own experiences and in all these ways that we've been discussing god is faithful to guide us and lead us god is able to show us what we must choose in order for us to glorify him and so church i just want us to be encouraged we began the series by saying that god is deeply interested in guiding us god is not a god who hides his revelation but he is someone who wants us to know his will and walk in his will and this morning as his people can we all just say i am his sheep i hear his voice can we say that i am his sheep and i hear his voice let's rise to our feet church We'll just take some time to worship God and even as we do that ask God to release 
his guidance into your life. Just ask the question, God, what are you doing? Lord, what are you saying? What would you like me to do? When is the right time? And God, just give me the sensitivity to understand the circumstances. Give me the discernment to know when I must walk through an open door. And God, when the door is shut, give me the grace to know whether it is you or it's opposition against me. And even as we seek God, God is someone who comes to us like the rain. He's faithful in ministering to each one of our hearts. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes Give me wisdom You know just what to do God, I look to you I won't be overwhelmed Give me wisdom To see things like you do God, I look to you Your word my help comes from you know just what to do I've loved you Lord my in your ways 
and our times are in your hands our times are in your hands oh god and god today we pray that each of us god will be strengthened in you to hold on to you because you are faithful lord you are faithful and you will do it lord we pray for understanding god understanding to receive your guidance god we pray that lord as you speak to our hearts that we would also have the grace to move forward and i just sense in my spirit and some of us uh, we we are hearing about god's guidance receiving god's guidance and god has very clearly spoken his will into our hearts but taking the first step is where we are hesitating and i just want to encourage us that the just shall live by faith the just shall live by faith take a step of faith in that confirmed direction and if the door is shut knock and push open with the spiritual strength that god has given you a shut door is not a no from god and god today we just pray that god you will give us that discerning god but those of us lord we we need to move forward that lord we will even if the door is shut and it's hard lord we will continue till we see the fulfillment of your promise in our hearts and in our lives oh god and let's now take a few minutes to pray for for uh, physical healing uh, i encourage us to go ahead and pray if there's if there's pain in your body or a particular condition that that uh, you are suffering with uh, christ jesus is the same yesterday today and forever jesus heal everyone who came to him uh, and so this morning we can cry out to him and say jesus i want to experience your healing in my body so just go ahead and and, and pray that and say god i want to experience your healing in my body father god i declare your wholeness in my body in the name of jesus and if you you are not suffering with any any condition you can pray for a loved one pray for a friend who's asked for prayers but let's pray uh, that sickness would be removed from our bodies Thank you God. Father your word says that by your stripes we were healed. And Lord I declare it in the name of Jesus. By the stripes of Jesus we were healed. And Father I command sickness and disease to be removed from our bodies for pain to leave in Jesus name. Father I command your wholeness in our bodies right now in the name of Jesus if it's possible to check you can do that you know if if, if the the condition is something that you can't check right now that's okay you you can have it checked with a doctor and and then testify but if there's something you can check right now you can let us know if you've experienced a healing in your body and we're going to pray for those 
who sense in their hearts this morning that I need this Jesus. I need this Jesus in my life. I want him to come into my heart. And if that's you, I'm going to pray a simple prayer. You can repeat it after me and just ask this Jesus to come into your heart and into your life. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me and dying on the cross for me. God, I ask you to come into my heart and change my life. I'm sorry for my sins. Make me a new person. And teach me how I must live my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. If there's anyone, you've prayed this prayer and you've prayed it for the very first time, we'd like to know. Can you just indicate by raising your hand so we know that you've prayed this prayer and asked Jesus into your heart and into your life? Is anyone here, here, uh, down here or up there in the balcony? So if you've prayed that prayer, then uh, uh, we want to let you know that as you, at the exits, our ushers uh, are standing there and they have a green bag with them, uh, which, which has material that can help you grow uh, as a believer in the Lord Jesus. And we'd like you to have that. We'd like you also to, to meet with us. Uh, and thank you so much at this time for, for standing together with me. Uh, and, and we will just take a few more moments to pray and close this morning. Heavenly Father, we praise you God for what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. And God, we pray uh, that even as we've received your word, God, that there will be much clarity. There will be much clarity, Lord, in the decisions that we have to make. And Father, we, we honor you because you are the good shepherd, Lord. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And God bless you, church. May the grace of our Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us forever and ever. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at abcwo.org. Also visit our website abcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.